This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart, and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's join our experts in the United States. It's Oanda Senior Market Analyst Ed Moyer and Trader Nick. Good evening from London, guys. Good afternoon to you. Hi, Johnny. How are you? Hey, Johnny. Great to speak to you. And of course, we're doing this later than usual in order to reflect on the latest from the Federal Reserve, which has held its key interest rate at its current 22-year high. It remains at five and a quarter percent. Of course, we had a statement afterwards from Jay Powell as well. So can I ask you first, Ed, what was the most important thing that happened today? I think when we take a look at all the data, because there was a lot of economic data that kind of reinforced this strong labor market view. As you could tell, I don't give the ADP report uh, much weighing right now. Early this morning, we had that Treasury debt announcement. And that, to me, was pretty important. It showed that the market was really rattled in August when the Treasury had to announce they were going to have a lot more issuance than the markets were planning. And given the U.S. debt situation, given some of the, the spending plans that are being proposed, it seemed pretty clear that the market was expecting to see another bump up in issuance. It turns out the increase was not as large as expected, and that provided some relief in the bond market. We saw yields somewhat come down, and I think what that provided was a backdrop for the Fed decision, which allowed Fed Chair Powell to try to deliver his hawkish hold. It seems that he was not as successful as he has been in, in past meetings. Uh, it, it seems pretty clear that the Fed is anticipating that the economy is is going to soften. They're still rather upbeat. They did not price in a recession. Uh, So obviously, we get the September forecasts, and then they do it again in December. So this meeting is one where they don't come out with anything, but he he did clear that up uh, during the press conference. But it, it seems pretty clear that they're unsure with the path of inflation. They are anticipating more weakness. I think that, you know, Wall Street, they're taking a look at earnings, they're taking a look at GDP forecasts for the fourth quarter. Atlanta Fed, you know, slashing their outlook to, uh, I think, 0.9%, down from like 1.2-ish. So I think there's significant weakness that's emerging in the economy. And uh, I think Wall Street's pretty convinced that means the Fed is not going to have to raise rates, even though the Fed is trying to keep optionality on the table. And the statement said that holding the rate would give the bank more time to quote-unquote assess additional information on how the economy is performing. Do you think the current geopolitical situation is also giving rise to more uncertainty than you would normally have in this situation, which is another reason to hold rates? I think we could clearly see is that the Fed was able to remove geopolitical risks uh, from their statement. I think there's uh, obviously a concern on how that will impact the global growth situation. But for, for right now, it, it seems that uh, the Fed is, is focused on the current indicators for the economy. I think the big focal point was that the Fed has now uh, acknowledged that you know the, the tightness we've seen with credit conditions also applies to financial conditions. And that is the key. That's helping to do some of their tightening. So the, as the Fed relies on the bond market to, to help them out with keeping policy restrictive, It should not come as a surprise that we then see yields tumble, which is (laughs) going to 
possibly have to force their hand into to actually having to go back to rate hikes to to keep policy restrictive. But I, I think there's there's this this belief here that you know we're we're just really getting to see the impact of all the rate hikes that that have gone into uh, this tightening cycle. And there's good reason to anticipate that we're going to start to see those lag effects and that that's going to lead to softer growth. Um, we're probably going to see the labor market finally break in the first quarter. And that should do the trick for keeping inflation heading towards the Fed's target. And just to follow up on uh, both parts, of course, there's uh, two kind of questions swirling around, of course, in terms of referring to the uh, geopolitical side. I I think if you look at some of the geopolitical uh, impacted assets, such as like gold, for example, gold didn't have a dramatic move higher than it has had uh, in in recent times in response to escalation or, or concerns around it. And uh, from from what I can see here in markets right now, it seems like we've just regressed back to paying attention to the numbers. You know, the Fed remains the big market mover in the room at this time. Geopolitical tension, of course, still something that's on the horizon and perhaps more uh, specific to certain markets, perhaps oil and gold would be something to look at if you're keeping a closer eye on that situation. However, with the Fed speak today, reiterating what uh, Ed was pointing out for us there, The idea that the Fed um, had over the market during 2022, and I want to kind of repeat what we talked about so much during that time, is uh, the idea that rate hikes were un, you know, that there was no end in sight for how much further we needed to go with rate hikes. But today's Fed meeting, you had a different, completely different uh, situation than we had last year. You're looking at a Fed that they don't have a lingering, you know, hey, we're going to, we might go higher, we might go higher, we might go higher. Although there are some pockets of the market that think that is uh, totally still on the table, you've got a Fed that today has acknowledged some of the uh, built in lag effects. Uh, they're acknowledging in some ways the yields and how that perhaps could have helped, uh, especially the long end of the curve uh, on yields, uh, how that could perhaps be acting to, to help the Fed in their mission. And they even acknowledged that some areas of the economy could be hurt if uh, rate hikes were to continue, uh, which I think is a, a small notable thing, but different than the narrative that we've had uh, in, in previous Fed meetings where there was kind of this idea that, you know, um, the Fed acknowledge that those things could be hurt, but that it might be a necessary thing. Whereas, you know, many analysts, many Fed members thought recession was coming. Now we see the economy still uh, steamrolling ahead, earnings pretty good for the stock side of things, Uh, all things considered coming potentially out of of a earnings recession. And all things considered, I think, you know, stocks really loved what they got today. There's not this looming fear, which is usually what uh, after a Fed meeting will drive a stock market lower. Uh, You know, here's the S&P 500. I'm looking at it now. You know, we're up over 1% on the S&P and uh, we're good for almost a percent and a half for uh, the NASDAQ, which this is coming off of, you know, a big sell off in the markets. And it brings back into question, I think, uh, what we need to see on Friday with NFP around the corner in the job side of things, are we going to get wage growth uh, to stay uh, cooler than expected, like we saw last time, which was a good thing for for markets? Uh, and are we going to see jobs growth stay strong? I think you know there's almost this the the big reveal today, or the big feeling I think that was optimistic for uh, for equities uh, traders out there 
was this idea that there might be a light at the end of the tunnel of that that um, soft landing idea is not completely dead, and that the Fed might not be, you know, squashing the last bit of light coming through the corner. You know, it's it's one of those things. We we have a Fed that does not seem today to be completely stamping out any embers of a soft landing. So um, I, I think I took it as overall a, a decently uh, decently. Uh, soft report from from Jerome Powell. What do you think? Uh, Ed, do you do you agree? Do you think it's uh, I, I wouldn't say it's outright dovish, but perhaps softer than what people were thinking? I think you have to take everything into consideration. You know, the, the, the biggest risk of the day was was always the Treasury funding announcement that came in light. Uh, when you take a look at, you know, some of the data, the September's jolts report that that impressed. So more job openings, uh, that surprised a lot of traders. But when you take a look at the manufacturing PMI readings, ISM was softer. The employment component, you know, dropped from 51.2 to 46.8 contraction territory. New orders were abysmal. Um, so that's showing you companies are refraining from uh, making a lot of purchases. So you're, you're going to see a lot of weakness. Um, I mean, if you're, if, if companies are not making big orders, then you're probably going to to uh, see companies might not be hiring as much. Um, I, I think there's there's this this belief here that because we've seen um, you know a, a little bit of a slowdown in in in, in some of these uh, more recent data points for the October readings, uh, I think traders are are pretty convinced that uh, you know you know the Fed the Fed's work is done. I mean those rate hike odds were what at forty. Over forty percent yesterday, uh, and and now it seems that you know I think for the for a lot of traders, um, you know some people are saying they're probably done this cycle. Uh, I think the the implied odds and you know these are pretty volatile right now um, are just around twenty two percent. So I mean that's that's a pretty big drop, and, and I think that you're you're going to see a weakening labor market is what's needed to get inflation. Uh, back to its target. And if we start to see those signs, and I think today was a good day that we're probably going to see that. I mean, the Fed is acknowledging the tightening of financial and credit conditions uh, are going to weigh on the on economic activity. That, you know, for me, uh, acknowledging adding financial was pretty big. And so I think the, the Fed, um, they need to maintain uh, this hawkish bias because once the market's hear them acknowledge they're concerned about growth, the next move is a cut, then that's going to take away the impact of this tightening cycle. The Fed uh, was supposed to try to deliver a hawkish hold here. They really didn't. Yields are tumbling. Risk appetite is tentatively back. The, the path higher for stocks will struggle. The dollars, the next major move is going to be depending on other key factors, BOJ, uh, European outlook. But for the most part, it was... Um, softer against it showed weakness post uh, FOMC even though it was you know initially higher on the day um, so so I think you're, you're probably gonna see that this is a market that they're going to start to price in that the Fed is done and um, if we get economic resilience surprises like we have um, throughout the year uh, then watch out then the volatility will come back Ed, towards the end there, you uh, started to answer a question that I had for you in terms of today's price action. The dollar is actually flat on the day, which if something was truly, uh, you know, uh, shell shocking, you know, to the to the dovish side, we'd probably see a weaker dollar. However, uh, I, I wanted to ask you something that's been kind of on my mind with the dollar, which has been 
the dollar is of course quoted against other currencies. It's basically a basket reflection. And so with today's uh, meeting, Stocks are rallying pretty good, but when we take a look at the dollar and we compare it to perhaps the other places, you might at first say, well, that sounds like they're not going to do much more on the rate hike side. Perhaps the dollar eases a little bit, but when you look around, the dollar's flat on the day. The euro hasn't made much of a gain against the dollar. The, the pound is back to where it started, and all things considered, um, I wonder if, and I'd love to get your thought, if this dollar can kind of stay flat to even strong in an environment where we also see stocks stay strong or strengthening as well. Uh, and I guess maybe the thing I would point to is, you know, you look at the Japanese yen, which just got crushed. We had uh, the last time we heard from Lagarde, she was very much on the, you know, the, the euro area economy looks really uh, stressed out and looks like it could be uh, slowing pretty dramatically, which is a different sounding thing. So I almost wonder, by comparison, can the dollar stay flat to strong while a potential stock market uh, push higher? Can a, can a rally happen while a, a dollar stays strong? What do you think? I think that the primary driver for the dollar, um, and it will, will depend on, you know, if we're talking euro dollar, the focal point will be on positioning and sentiment because um, everyone was short the euro. As uh, large parts of Wall Street were eyed 102 or parity, you know, that trade became overcrowded. And I think what you're going to see is European pessimism has been, you know, mostly priced in. If we do see further relief in yields, uh, that's actually rather positive. That, that'll be a little bit more supportive for Europe. China's recovery was stagnating a little bit. Um, if that starts to pick up, you know, you can make the case that you know euro could could improve, which is you know the largest holding of that dollar index uh, basket. When you take a look at Japan, you could see that disappointing BOJ event. We could have dedicated a whole podcast to just that. But I think overall, the the, the, the key takeaway is that I think the markets are going to try to test uh, Japanese officials, and uh, we should not be surprised if we have you know extensive volatility there. Um, you know, it was interesting to see. On the break of some key technical levels, a lot of people were starting to become bearish dollar yen, and then you know, obviously, you know, macro matters, and we we saw <laughs> um, the, this uh, most recent surge higher. You could go down the list of currency pairs, um, but for now, if the market is convinced the Fed is done hiking, that's going to weigh on the on the greenback. I think you're going to see the chances that the Fed is done after this have gone up a lot. In addition to you know non-farm payroll. I think you know the a lot of traders will also want to see you know does the ISM services index does that surprise to contraction territory if that does and if employment comes in a lot softer than expected that could be the key for some people in, in, in anticipating that we're going to get the labor market weakness that's needed to allow uh, the disinflation process to, to to really hold on and. If the market's very convinced that that's the case, then that could lead to some dollar weakness. And the one thing that a lot of traders are, are struggling is, you know, to assess, will we get a strong trend in the dollar? And, and uh, right now, it, it seems that we, we could be uh, in, in store for a very choppy environment where we, you know, trade headline to headline. Uh, but for the most part, we, we could start to see some key ranges form across some of these major currency pairs. Very interesting uh, stuff, guys. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Nick. We will speak to you again very soon. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you. Have a great one. Mm -hmm.
Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.